Welcome to the nightclub, where we are the ones who let our skinema runts get skinema rinked. I'm your host, the Witch Doctor of Doom, Travis Maxwell Boone, aka Travis the Witch Plavis. So yeah, jump on that shuttle Discord, cuz join tonight by motherfucking GHZ. What's up, boys? Me a fun night. We're actually at Dune's Cantina tonight, so the alcohol's flowing. I just sparked a spliff. And who's that I see sitting over there all by his lonesome? Oh my fucking god. Grindhouse! That's the dad from Skinamarink. It's it's fucking Ross Paul. He's sitting here in Dunes, man. We gotta go over and say hello. <laughs> Ross, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, boys. This guy just... He just canucked our fucking uh our stream here. He just he just jumped in all the way from Canada. So uh, passport or anything. Wow, it's crazy. No, they actually threw me out of Canada and I just kinda landed here. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to us Cajuns. We got kicked out of Canada. Oh, yeah. Hey, you guys owe us reparations or something. I don't know. Why <laughs> why did why did why did you send us to this swamp hell full of mosquitoes? Um, Somebody had a map and they threw a dart. <laughs> and that's, where, that's where you all went. Just happened to be the, the, the asshole of America. Good dude, for you. Canada skinnamarinked uh, Cajuns. They plucked us out of Canada and threw us in a swamp hell for eternity. And they're like, go over there. That's that's where you're going to be from now on. <laughs> well, I, would, uh, I buy you a beer and we call it even. Okay, cool deal. Tonight, made. I love it. Because Skinamarink is cosmic, that's right, I say it, it's cosmic. Tonight I'm having some Elysian Space Dust IPA, that, that cosmic shit. That's what I'm going to be drinking. Grindy? Oh, you know me. Slaying werewolves, like I always, got my silver bullets. Silver bullets. And I do, I do agree with you, this movie is, I watched it for the fourth time last night. Um, and this time really? I watched it in my basement, in the dark, with my headphones. And I will admit, it was different. It was yes! Different. Um... Cause see, I'm a so Ross. I'm I'm a. If something's in the theater, I go. That's, right. I, doesn't matter what it is. So I saw Skinamarink in the theater, and the theater experience. And we'll get into it at some point. The theater experience didn't do it for me. It just really. Didn't, it didn't do it, it for me. It was the opposite for me. Interesting. Okay. See, that's part of what we're going to talk about, and that's the the beauty of this is because, you know, I know for Travis, this movie literally changed his fucking life. And yeah. It didn't change my life but I'm so fucking happy that it makes it like a, like the sweetest thing to talk about. Right. Skin him uh, a sweet. Well, exactly. <laughs> and then, so I, I like I said, I, I watched it again last night and I was taking notes and I started thinking for some reason, being in the dark and being by myself, it was easier to be a kid again. Mm. And I started, I started thinking like on two fronts, one being a kid, but then two, what was this movie trying to tell me? Not was it not what it was trying to say, but what was it trying to tell me? And so I I found some interesting things as I watched. So we'll get into it. It's uh, it's different. It's different than the first watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I I I was telling people ahead of time when it was first blowing up. You know, it's not going to be for everyone. And the best way to go about it is to go into it expecting to have an experience rather than something to see like instead of you if you're that type of person that you're going to see lots of stuff you're probably not going to like it but if you're going there to have an experience you're going to love it mm, that makes that makes sense and i do want to dive into how skin and Marine came out and 
everything involving that. And then our experiences with it, each, each one of us, um, that's here. Also, we've got some, uh, some, some fellow patrons of the dunes, uh, that are watching. So this is pretty cool to start things off. And I like to do this with everyone that visits the nightclub. I want to know about your history with the horror genre itself. Um, as a kid, like Kevin and Kaylee in this film, and for all the listeners, <laughs> This is the father from Skin and Marink that we have on the show tonight. This is, um, if you go back through the last bunch of episodes of the nightclub, I mean, it's been Skin and Marinkville pretty much since episode like 83 or some shit. Yeah. So, uh, this is fucking dope. What is your experience with horror movies when you were a kid? Like, what was the first thing you ever saw that frightened the fucking shit out of you? Oh, man. That's a good question. I believe I have two older sisters. So they were, I think my first time was when they were watching Friday the 13th and I wasn't supposed to watch it, but I ended up, <laughs> I think I creeped in on them and I was kind of spying on them and I was kind of watching it and I wasn't supposed to. And that messed me up. Like I, and yeah, that scared the shit out of me. I think it was Friday the 13th and <laughs> it, so it was that. And then when did the first nightmare on Elm street come out? Was that around the same time Friday the the first Friday the 13th came out. I think they were 1984. Yeah. It's close. It's very close in time. Yeah. Those two movies, I have, I have to give two movies. Sorry. But for me, my first one was Friday the 13th. That was the first real horror movie that I ever saw. Or wait a minute. No, sorry. I, I actually just had a memory. I never told anyone this before. Actually, my very first one was with my older cousin. And it, it was a movie called the beast within. And mm. now I have to look after this. I need to go looking for, it. I cannot believe I just remembered that. I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but I remember it now. And I remember the opening scene is some woman running through the woods and then some monster hand basically ripping her clothes off. And then another scene I remember is a body being ripped in half or someone's head being ripped off or something. And yeah, anyways, it was. I'm going to say right now, I just looked this up. It's a 1982 joint directed by uh, Philippe Mora or Felipe Mora. And this movie's poster art is fucking dope. I don't know what this is, but this really looks interesting. I've never heard of this movie. All, and yeah, it's, based, was... it's based on a novel. Oh, yeah. See, I don't remember anything about it. I just remember it really impacting me. And it was my first one. Then Friday the 13th was my second. So... Uh, they all happened around the same time, but I'm pretty sure The Beast Within was one of the first one that I watched from start to finish. And Friday the 13th was I kind of got bits and pieces because I was kind of uh, <laughs> secretly watching. With the, with kind of watching kind of watching through your eyes or hands like, ooh, not supposed to yeah. see this. You're That's talking cool, to two Friday fanboys and you have a very similar experience with uh, Grindhouse. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Yeah, Grindhouse watched the first two Friday the 13th in a row. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, at a at a cabin in the woods when I was. <laughs> I think, yeah. How was your sleep? I didn't sleep for like a week. That was that was the thing. Yeah, some somebody should have been watching and nobody was. <laughs> so <laughs> when it uh, comes to horror movies, like over the last bunch of years, I'm imagining. And I guess I'm gonna guess instead of imagine. I'm gonna let you tell me. It this is gonna be like a two part question. Sort of is like, have you been a horror fan since you were a kid? And how did that eventually lead you to either this project or previous projects? Like, is is this is this your first acting gig in in a film like this? Um, damn, that's three questions. I'm just going crazy right now. 
Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I feel kind of bad to say I haven't always been a huge horror fan. I've been in and out of it. I went through phases because I'm a I'm also kind of a Marvel and DC nerd at heart. Mm-hmm. I like I'm a big superhero. Like I read a lot of comics growing up as well. And Ooh, favorite comic book character? Ah oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, they can't. Nobody can see oh, that. But man. I have a Superman. No, it's Superman. Yeah, I saw you. I've always, I've always loved Superman and Batman, and I was always torn between the two because I loved them both equally. I could never pick just one. So it was always, uh, I can't pick just one favorite. It was my two top were Superman and Batman, and then it was like Thor, and then Hulk and Spider Man. I had a lot of those comics and Fantastic Four. Getting back to the horror thing, I when I was little, yeah, I went through a horror phase where I was, I was, man, especially Nightmare on Elm Street three, the Dream Warriors, that was my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. I think the reason why at the time is because I was so fucking scared of the first two. The third one made me less scared because I was like, oh, you know, it gave me hope, like I can just be a superhero in my dream, and I can, <laughs> you know, that's my thinking as a kid at the time, and that's why I was like, okay, it made me. If that makes sense, like it just made me not so scared anymore because I was scared shitless for such a long time. No, I understand. Like it really messed me up. But yeah, for the most part, I'd say during yeah, I had phases where I loved horror for a while, and then I got away from it for a bit, and then I, you know what I mean? It's, I've been in and out of it. Uh, uh, what was the other part of your question? Um, like how, based on like maybe horror over the last few years, and if this was your first time working on a film like this, uh, horror or not. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta admit, uh, yes, I've done a lot of small stuff, but this is my first, uh, full length feature in a long time. Like, uh, cause I, I've only done background work. Like, uh, I would, did background work on the miniseries, TV miniseries, Moby, Moby Dick, where I met Ethan Hawke Ooh. and, uh, Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil and Billy Boyd, one of the hobbits. And he is actually really fucking short. Like shorter than me, <laughs> I'm only five six. He must have been five feet even. So, how did you get involved with this project specifically with Kyle Everball's Skinamarink? Without going too far back, I'm sure you'll probably ask this because I had went to Vancouver Film School. This was before I became a full time single dad. I was heavily into acting. I got on. I did a lot of background work because I knew that was my first goal was to get experience on set. Uh, cause I knew that to make it as an actor, you know, like, it's, it's like getting a job, any job in real life. What, what's the, what's the most important thing you can get or have to get hired for a job? Experience. experience. Oh yeah. Exactly. So set experience is number one. And so I was just doing that. And then, uh, long story really short after I became a full-time single dad of two boys, I kind of gave up on the acting for a little bit and I kind of thought it was over, but because I was just so busy, I really wanted to focus on giving my boys structure and stability. And then uh, as they got a little older, some little things started coming my way. And then uh, how did that happen? I got into videography, and I started shooting music videos and weddings. And through a music video, one of the uh, girls that I had in a video, her mother was going to school for filmmaking, and she decided to shoot a commercial. It was a Save the Turtles commercial. And she casted uh, my two boys, Rylan and Lucas, Lucas Paul. And on that set, in that commercial, Jamie Hill plays the mother. So that's how I met Jamie Hill, who plays the mom in Skinner Marine. Mm-hmm. 
And so obviously I became friends with Jamie. And then a little bit after that, uh, she messaged me one day saying she had a friend named Kyle, Kyle Edward Ball. So apparently her and Kyle have been friends for a while. And she knew that I was, you know, trying to get back into acting. And uh, she told me that Kyle was uh, producing his first feature length film and asked if I'd be interested. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like <laughs> I've been trying to figure out how I was going to ever, you know, get back into acting, so to speak. Cause I felt like I'd gotten so far away from it. You know what I mean? This is like uh, a, a way to step back into the fold and kind of recapture that. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate was, that sentiment. It was more like I got pulled back into it because nobody knew what was going to happen with Skinnering, right? It was such a small budget and we we're just, I was just like, yeah, okay, this is cool. I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty passionate. I said, I'll do it. I'll give it my all. And then, so we did an, in, or sorry, uh, audition over the phone. And I believe we did a, zoom audition and then he said he was looking for or sorry let me backtrack a little bit she said kyle needed someone to play a single dad of two kids and i just happened to be a single dad of two kids so it was kind of perfect for the role and and uh yeah so that was pretty easy he said i got the part after the audition and he wanted to talk with lucas and uh lucas was on board lucas had no acting experience what's or no i guess other than the turtle commercial Skinner Rink was his second project. Wait, wait, wait. Is Lucas the kid from the I Love Turtles deal? No, it's it a different commercial, different I'll, Save the Turtles, not that big. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he he, he thinks he's funny and he doesn't realize <laughs> that he's not. But that, that kid's got to be like super old. That was my next question was how Lucas got, because you mentioned your two sons and Lucas, yes, is he plays the little boy in Skinner Marine that my heart goes out to it goes out to Kaylee as well, but we spend most of our time with, with Lucas, um, Kevin in the film. And my next yeah, question Kaylee. was going to be how he got, you know, brought into it. Well, I have to thank Jamie. I owe props to Jamie Hill. She, it's pretty much her. <laughs> She's the reason. Cause she was like, I met her on the set of that commercial and then we became friends. So she was already talking to me back and forth. We were discussing acting and how, you know, challenging it's been here, like in Alberta, because it's not, there's not a lot going on. Uh, I mean, it's getting better now, but it just happened to be that Kyle just happened to write, uh, write those characters. You know what I mean? Like, what are the chances of him writing a, a film where it's a single dad of two little, uh, of a, two kids and Lucas just happened to be you know, Jamie, well, sorry, Jamie showed him the commercial that Lucas was in and, and Kyle just thought he was perfect the way he sounded and everything. Uh, because, uh, Lucas was six at the time, but the, his character, Kevin, is four. Mm -hmm. But because of the way Lucas speaks, he, he has a little trouble with his speech. He was able to play, you know, he sounded like a four year old. So it's perfect. It's so wild. Uh, um, because my, my kids are the same age as Kevin and Kaylee in this film, and I have a six-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. And my son, he has a sort of sp speech thing. Um, mm. I, I'm kind of, I, and I couldn't tell that from the film because in the film, a lot of it is through whispers. And and you're a hundred percent right. He does sound, um, in the movie like a four-year-old. I keep I keep hearing them talking to each other. I'm going to get into that later, I guess, but I keep hearing them talking to each other and their sweet little voices and I love you. I love you too. Uh, and yeah. I'm just like, 
<laughs> yeah, when we did a we we got flown to Ontario for for a preview or screening and did a meet and greet and I have a clip pinned to my Instagram if anybody wants to go check that out later. There's a little video of me and Luke or Lucas and I, sorry, introducing Skinnamarink. And when Lucas started speaking, you could hear the whole audience was just like, aw, aw. I'm going to have links in the show notes, by the way, for everyone listening. Um, we're going to have links to Ross's Instagram and all the other, all the other good things. So don't, don't worry about that. Just check those show notes for, for specifically what he's talking about too. I'll have a link for that video as well. Okay, so Lucas is brought into the film. Now he's going to play your your son in the movie. So there we go. And when it, when y'all are on set like conceptually, Kyle, you know, you, you read the script. I wish I could get my hands on this script to just to read the script. It. It's I still have it right here. I still I have everything. Oh man, like I would love to see what it looks like on paper because it's the movie itself is very conceptual and it takes a lot of um attention to 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 watch it and to to follow what what the story is because it's told like a nightmare at least that's the impression i get it's told like a nightmare would play out if you were a little kid you know dozing in and out late at night next to your nightlight or something like that um exactly from a kid's point of view a hundred percent a hundred percent so when kyle talked to you about the film I'd like to know what 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 was said, maybe conceptually, if you can spare that or remember, and also perhaps how Lucas was directed on set as well, how he was maybe guided in his role, um, him and Kaylee, if you if if you were around for, I'm sure well, you were. Kaylee's for a little bit older, so and she's a little bit more mature and had a better understanding of how things worked and what was going on, whereas Lucas. That reminds me, yeah, that's that's a typical question I get too, is did Lucas know what he was getting into, so to speak? And that was a conversation Kyle and I had, because your first thought is, okay, is my kid going to be scared? You know, what's, uh, and yeah, seeing the script and and then seeing how things were put together on set and then seeing it put together, <laughs> three completely different things. <laughs> um but yeah, Lucas, we went into it uh, with the idea of, you know, he's just going to have fun. We're making a scary movie. So how did, how, how were y'all guided on set? You, the kid actors, um, I'm just, I'm just interested in that part of it because I picture, I picture for, for Lucas and this is just me imagining it's like, okay, so in this scene, I just need you to sit in front of the doorway and, you know, yeah, pretty much, uh, I can't answer too much of that because, to be honest, I didn't want to be around him during the scenes because I didn't want to be a distraction. I didn't want him to be like, oh, daddy, look at me or, or you know what I mean? I didn't. <laughs> so for this, him sitting in the hallway, like how they made the poster and all that, I wasn't there for that. I just and I explained to Lucas and and uh, Kyle was so awesome. Like Kyle is such a cool dude. He's so down to earth and so friendly and. So Lucas took to him right away. You know, they, we all like kind of bonded right away, which is makes things very easy. <laughs> yeah. For his, most of his scenes, I was only there for a couple of them. I was there for the kitchen scene because I, again, you know, I had the whole script in my mind, but then seeing how he's putting it together, I'm like, some of it didn't make sense. <laughs> I was just like, some of it did, <laughs> some of it didn't. I was like, okay. What kind of film are you making, Kyle? <laughs> I didn't ask him that, but I was thinking that at the time. But I trusted him too. 
so the only scenes I really got to see were, uh, I guess, the scene. Well, spoiler alert! If it, if no one yeah. saw it, no, uh, yeah, spoilers for Skin Marine because we're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie. Go stop now. Go watch the film and come back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's a scene where the entity tells him to put the knife in your eye, and uh, so on set, there's actually pictures of of. There's behind the scene pictures on my Instagram and on my IMDb as well. Uh, of, I took some pictures behind the scenes. Uh, so there's a picture of Lucas sitting in the kitchen under the knife drawer and he's holding an exacto blade. Uh, obviously Kyle didn't have leave the blade in it. The blade isn't in it, but, and so I was wondering at the time, I was like, okay, so I knew this was the, the scene where he had to put the knife in his eye and I was trying to think how he was going to do that. But I, again, I was trying not to be too present on set because I didn't want to distract Lucas and take away. It's such, um, it's such the way the film shows it. It's so raw and visceral because it leaves it up to your, that's what this film does so brilliantly. In my opinion, it leaves so much to the viewer's imagination, but it's well, right that's on what the, he was going for. Right. I mean, that's why, and I know that a lot of people are there, hate it for that reason they're like oh i didn't see anything i saw so many comments on youtube i i there was one review i can't remember who they were and they just saw i literally saw nothing for a whole hour it was so boring i'm like well that was the whole point dude (laughs) (laughs) that's what i mean by the experience you know but it's okay i'm not gonna i didn't hate him for i like not you're just not everybody's just gonna they're not going to get it. Not everybody's going to get it is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it fucking for you because I've been saying it on this goddamn show. Yeah, but – and and I'm gonna, I will reel it back like you did too. I'm not going to just start beating people up because they didn't enjoy the film for what it was. It's it's a certain kind of movie, and it, and it requires a certain kind of mindset to watch it, I think. And yes, it – we're both saying I'm glad to know that that's conceptually what was going on because that's what I got from it. The things I didn't see were far worse than anything I could have been shown. And that doesn't always work in a film, but skin and to me is the best film I've ever seen that pulls that exact magic trick off. This movie is a magic trick. It's mm-hmm. an hour 40 of magic, dark, horrible, cosmic magic, but Oh, Tangent question. Did Kyle ever mention that this is a cosmic horror film? Did he ever bring up the word cosmic or no? No, I never heard that. It's just me in my own headcanon, but this shit's cosmic because the way I view the film, I know everyone has interpretations, and I offered this up on episode 85, Presto Changeo, that people should go seek out these interpretations. I wasn't going to go through all of them because my interpretation Um, is exactly what it is to me is – this entity plucks the kids out of reality and keeps them in a pocket dimension and tortures them for it basically who knows eternity and it that's hell that's that is that is hell for them it's just a typical you know probably saturday more early like 3 a.m. saturday morning watching cartoons i'm serial but really you know there's so much more going on but yeah one of the theories one of the theories i read was that kevin in the beginning you know, he falls down the stairs and he smashes his head and then I have to take him to the hospital. Uh, a lot of theories I've heard is that he's in a coma mm-hmm. and that this whole thing it takes is just in his head, basically. I want to believe like so in my heart, I think it's a cosmic being that's godlike and has captured them because it can do anything. Mm-hmm. But but in my heart of hearts, I want to believe Kevin's in a coma. And at the end, that face that we see is the dad saying go back to sleep it's okay and hopefully oh, that wow. that poor baby wakes up 
and uh, oh, and while while I have you here, did you step out for cigarettes, Pop? What, what like what what's going on? Where are you in this movie? What happened? Did you go to your own pocket dimension, or did you wake up and your kids are just missing? I don't think I've been asked that. Um, Nightclub. <laughs> yeah, I believe my take on it was that basically I was possessed. I uh, I went to sleep, I went to bed, and I never woke up. Ooh. I I never woke up. That was my take on it. I never uh, the demon. Uh, took over me while I was sleeping and so everything that you see is just a demon I'm just a puppet so okay and since we do have the 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 person that played you know father and you were around for I'm sure numerous conversations about this film with the other actors with with um the director himself when it comes to what's going on like in the scene where Kaylee goes up to the bedroom and sees you sitting there then sees mom across the bed right. and and those like she she goes into the corner and you hear cracking sounds and what the it, it's nightmare logic <laughs> i get it i get that it's nightmare logic and there's no clear definitive answer but just because i'm a little i'm a little lore freak and and a behind the scenes freak i just want to know well not to ruin it but those scenes were filmed completely separate like Jamie's film, uh, Jamie's scenes were filmed on a separate day than mine. So we didn't even see each other on set. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't even work together. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. I mean, we I saw each other on the turtle set, but for the Skin and Ring set, we never technically worked together. You know what I mean? We weren't in the same set together. It was just me, Lucas, and then Dally, Dally Rose that plays Kaylee. Uh, her and her mom were on set and, you know, we were sharing McDonald's and whatnot. Kyle bought everybody McDonald's. Nice. Um, but anyways. Uh, oh, do y'all have the hot and spicy McChicken sandwiches up there in Canada? Uh, we did the spicy chicken McNuggets for a while. Uh, the, the really spicy ones, that's about it. They were hot as fuck. I know that's I, a weird question, but I just had to ask. <laughs> um, All right. So up? back to that scene. Um Wait, what were we talking about again? No, no, yeah, it was just like what, what, what possibly was going on in that scene? Do you think? Like, did you think that the demon was because mom is gone and and the kids established this and Kaylee doesn't even want to talk about mom? Thank you. That's thank you for mentioning that because there are some people that didn't even know that the mom wasn't there to begin with. I don't know how they missed that. I guess maybe obviously because they saw the mom there, but. The mom and I are divorced. The characters are divorced. The mom isn't there because obviously I'm calling the mom in the beginning, telling her about Kevin having the accident. Well, it's it's not obvious to the viewer, I will say, because I've watched the film five times and the dad. Right. Yeah. So that really fucks things up. Well, no, it doesn't fuck anything up. It just adds to the ambiguity and, again, the magic of this movie. But. But Skinema dad does call somebody and he's like, Kevin fell down. He doesn't need stitches. He's not hurt. And then you, oh my God, there's so yeah, many. I'm perfect. talking to the mom. I'm talking. Yeah. I, I know. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it was obvious. I'm confirmed. I, I have, no, 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 no. Because it is obvious for you because you were a part of this. But confirmed, you called the mom. Well, but I think to be honest, I think for every dad in the world, it was obvious that he was talking to the mom. It, it seemed obvious that way. to me. It was yeah. obvious. Okay. Do I do I need to grab the script right now? <laughs> oh, brother, you you could do whatever the hell you want. If you do that, Travis might not have pants on. Dude, <laughs> I am 
I'm rock go solid. Get a, go get a chamois, a chamois, real quick. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm so fucking happy. Oh my god, dude! I'm so happy. <laughs> I know you are, and you should be. Oh. I can't. I can't even. I do. I can't even imagine. Can't even oh imagine. yeah. I'm losing Hold my on, goddamn mind. Sorry, guys. You take oh, as much time. Stop no apologizing. Worries. You're yeah. so nice, Canadian man. Yeah, you're you're giving it to us. We're oh we're, yeah, yeah. Well, you're definitely giving it to Travis. I'm on you. all fours over here, baby. <laughs> I'm on all fours. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to apologize. I'm Canadian. I'm sorry by default. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are you so? Hey, are you sorry about kicking out uh, the Cajuns out? Eh. Nobody's sorry about that, Travis. Sorry. That, oh, that was like the one thing they're not sorry about. They're like, yeah, we got that one right. Damn it. Rest of it, not so much. I want to be an honorary Canadian so bad because I I feel like my heart belongs in the true north. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Well, you know, get yourself a jug of maple syrup and start waving that maple leaf flag. You'll be all set. Oh, Canada. God shed your... Oh, okay. I won't then. <laughs> <laughs> America, oh fuck okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love what I love right now is that Snap is hanging out. Hi, Snap from the Discord. Yeah, Let us got it. Oh, he's I found the it. script. Yeah, oh. boy. See that? Oh my god, yes. There it is. There it is. Oh, oh there's wow. the t- there's the fucking title page. Okay, Travis, do us a favor. If you decide to take it out, I'm fine with it. Just turn no, your no. camera off. Turn what your is, camera off. Okay? What is all that? What is what is all that stuff? This is the Skinner Ring shooting schedule. Oh. Uh, this is all dialogue for Kevin, for Kaylee. All the dialogue for Kaylee. So here's the script. I got Kevin's lines highlighted. Why didn't I highlight my own? <laughs> oh, I guess I <laughs> I guess I was more focused on helping Lucas because it was his first big gig. Well, so, well, so good father would. That makes total sense. Fucking A. And and for the audience who hasn't seen the film, and I don't know why the hell you're listening this far in if you have not seen this masterpiece yet, Lucas is basically the star of the movie. I mean, he really is. Yeah, a lot of people said that the house was the star of the movie or the skinnamarine. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I could see their point, but... <laughs> My heart follows Lucas through this. <laughs> oh, see, I wouldn't agree with that at all. I would not agree with it at all. The house was definitely the backdrop, and it played a pretty prominent role. Yeah. Um, but the little boy's movements throughout the house and when he's talking and when he's interacting with everything, I mean, that's he was the – I think he was what kept you at least a little bit centered. Yeah, like on what's like what's happening. He was the focus, uh, definitely for me. He was the focus. Yeah, it's, and it's I think it's because you see everything through his eyes that it's you're able to you know follow it like that because that's the same way I follow it, dude. I follow it through his focus and well through him and Kaylee because we do literally see things through Kaylee's POV. But um, during the film itself, like yeah, you're, you're following Lucas after he goes up downstairs and sees Kaylee and she can't see or speak anymore. He's all by his lonesome. And this, that fucking mean old skinnamarink comes upstairs and it wants to play and it wants to play with that goddamn exacto presto changeo exacto. He fucking pulls a knife out. Uh, I talked about this with, with, with my co-hosts. Um, do you think if Kevin, cause Lucas straight up ignored the skinnamarink like a G, he ignored his ass cause the skinnamarink's like, I want to play. 
and and then Kevin pauses, and then he goes back to playing with his Legos, and then it says it again. He pauses, then he goes back to playing with his Legos, and then that's when the Skinnerine in my mind gets mad, pulls the drawer yeah. open, and gets and and teleports Kevin in there, makes him do what he does with the fucking knife, stab himself in the goddamn eye. But you think if Lucas would have been like. Yeah, just sit down and play with me. You think the Skinnerink would have been chill and he would have just played with them Legos, or you think the Skinnerink's an evil fuck from hell? Oh, definitely, definitely evil fuck. Uh, Damn I it. think, well, because I think Kevin reacted like a typical four year old would, you know, I'm, they're scared. How they deal with the fear is to just kind of play it off and just kind of focus, shift the focus on playtime, if that makes sense. Yes, one hundred percent. I think, in fact, that like Kaylee is is trying to make everything as, and I talked about this in my episode on Skinnerink, where I where I went through the film. She's doing her best to make things as normal ish as possible because she's older, she's in charge, she's taking care of her little brother who requested to sleep downstairs. Poor thing. Oh, right. Sorry to interrupt, but you just reminded me of something. Uh huh. There was a some dialogue that got taken out of the movie. Um, originally, Kaylee and Kevin were supposed to talk about mom. Oh, really? And, yeah, oh, it's wow. here in the script. There was a part where I think Kaylee calls mo- the mom a bitch or something, and then Lucas was supposed to say, "You're a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been the second moment of humor in the film because your son provides the only moment of humor. Whenever the toilet disappears because the Skinnamarink sucks, and oh Kaylee... yeah, I didn't know that was a mixed feeling. Some people laughed at that. Some I didn't find that funny. I I, I don't the find the time... I don't find the toilet disappearing funny. I find uh, Lucas's line whenever she slides the buckets in the room, Kaylee does, and Lucas says, "Gross." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I because I didn't see any humor in that, and that that was my point. I was going to make is. Uh, and a side note, Lucas actually had a hard time with swearing. He did not want to swear. He felt so bad about saying a bad word. He's like, Daddy, that's a bad word. And <laughs> Shy baby. And I, I was trying to explain to him. Uh, it's so difficult. I don't even know how to explain this to you guys. Because <laughs> I'm trying to be a good dad, and I don't want my kids to swear. But at the same time, this is for a movie, and it's it's a character saying a bad word, not you. So I was trying to figure out how to make it okay for him to say a bad word for this oh, one time. You know what I mean? You ain't got to justify it to me, my dude. I mean, my kids, they don't curse, but they know what curse words are, and they know not to say them yeah. and all that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, he was supposed to say bitch, and I think Kyle and I talked <laughs> about that a little bit, and I think I understand. Yeah, we. I was pretty much right in saying that I feel like it would have taken away from the movie. Like it would have been a comedian, like it would have been a funny part. And I think that it didn't belong. It just didn't fit. And I, I will yeah. say not to step on your toes, but the gross line is not like a laugh out loud moment. It's just the only brevity at all that we get in this entire movie. It's the only uh, levity. I'm sorry that we get in this entire movie. It's the only thing. It, right. That's, that's the fair. one little nugget of, of, Oh, he he's just like ah, oh, this is gross, and I'm like I don't know. It it, it made me it makes me chuckle because he's just yeah. looking at it from the point of view of like oh, I got to use the bathroom in this, you know. But it, but it makes total sense though. Like I mean, imagine you're you know six years old and your your parents have disappeared. Oh my god! And then your toilet disappeared. 
oh. and your and your sister being on her game is like, well, you know what? Here's the solution, and the solution is guess what? You shit in a bucket. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, but so I mean that little it in your head, or at least in my head, my head, it was like it's clearly not ideal, but she's solving a problem for sure. And that was his reaction to it, just like oh, gross. Yeah, yeah. Was, I like, yeah, I like, like, I like that. Not laugh out loud, but there was this little part of me that went. It's it's like like when you're camping, like the first time you ever go camping and you realize, <laughs> right. and you go pee in the woods. Yeah, and it's like you just get and you're like, oh, it's just uh, oh, gross. My my favorite yeah. place to shit is in the woods, but that's just me. <laughs> Yet another reason Canada kicked you out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to quit shitting in our woods, eh? Yeah, oh, you, you know, crazy so me, Cajuns? Yeah, so you know, for me watching this movie the first time, I mean, first of all, my youngest child is a girl, my daughter, and her name is Kaylee. So nice. sitting down in the theater, the first time I heard her name, I was just like, Oh, oh boy. Oh, so that, like, that, oh. that wound my tension up like nobody's business. Because my my daughter is the youngest versus the oldest. Um, and her older brother had a had a huge hand in helping with her as she was growing up. Right. I really, I really liked. For me, it was a mental twist on my life, where all of a sudden Kaylee's in charge, and what's Kaylee gonna do? Um, that was really fun for me. I have to admit that over the weekend we had we had another one of these Dunes cantinas, and a bunch of us were talking. And um, one of the other uh, uh, frequent patrons to the uh, Dunes Cantina, Boss Tuna, talked about the message of this movie and, and what might the message be. And he brought up that maybe. Maybe it's not necessarily it, – it, it, it was brief, and I'll expand on it a little bit, but, like, maybe this is kids, and maybe, you know, mom's obviously gone because the parents are divorced, and maybe everything that's happening here is just, you know, a response to the kids' experience, their parents being separated and being apart from each other. Right. And the, re- the, the reality – and I thought more and more about this of, like, like maybe there actually is no Skinnamarink or no demon. This is just – this is just kids' fear, you know, and, and how fear manifests itself and how the door disappears and then the toilet disappears. And, you know, you start to wonder about your toys. And because you wonder about your toys, you sort of try to collect them in one place and keep them close because you're right. them being the next thing to disappear. Exactly. That was really that was really profound for me when he said that. And when I watched it again last night, um, it made me think about a lot of things from being a kid. And uh, clearly Travis has done that, too. And the funny part is like for me as a kid my parents drug us to everything they took us yep. everywhere even if it was like a cocktail party and it like kids weren't welcome my parents didn't give a shit like the kids are coming <laughs> and they're going to sit on the couch and they're probably going to talk to you and if you don't like it tough shit <laughs> you know so like we never really felt left out by like the adult interactions and i think if anything it actually propelled us more towards being an adult maybe earlier than we were ready for Right, that makes sense. But then I think that's where, uh, with Kaylee and Kevin, being propelled towards being adult more than you were ready for, that's what struck me last night when I was watching this again. Like, nice. too much responsibility, it makes you afraid, am I doing things right? Is I mean, again, the bucket in the bathroom. Solution to a problem, maybe not ideal, right? Taking um, on the role of a parent. Exactly, yeah, before you're ready to. So that's kind of what really... That was the over the overarching theme that got me yesterday when I watched it again. It was like playing mama bird. Yeah, these are kids are in an experience that they're not necessarily ready for. And as a kid, whether it's your parents being divorced and that's the theme, or whether there's a demon and they're doing things, 
when you're a kid, fear is fear. Trying to quantify the fear is not necessarily the goal. So this movie, when, when I thought about that and I watched it again last night, it it sort of it it pole vaulted everything for me to a new place. Where, for the record, I respected the movie out of the gate. Like I said, my theater experience, I didn't get it. I absolutely right. didn't get it. Uh, yeah, that bring, I was just going to say this brings us to the talk of our experiences. So I'm curious why the the theater and the home experience was so different for you. And then I'll explain why it was different for me. I didn't get to see this in theaters. The first time I saw this movie, I watched the first 10 minutes of it, and I was so bored. I was pissed off because I heard all the hype. I turned it right. off. But I know I know myself, and I've said this for years about movie watching, Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've said it about this movie tonight. You have to be in the right mindset. I knew I was not, so I knew I'd come back to it. When I came back to it and gave it the first real watch, I was trying to just figure out the puzzle of the film. The second watch is the watch that really hit me, and I really started to to clue into the kids, their ages, how that connected to my life. And it's it is the most brutal film I've ever seen. It's very hard for me to watch. I've I've cried watching it a bunch of times, and I can't watch it again for probably a long time at this point. But I love talking about this movie. So my reaction was initially. I was not in the mi- right mindset, and I knew that. And then after that, it was just destroying my soul. This is what Skinner Marink did. Grindhouse, when you saw it in the theater, it just it didn't click, huh? We've talked about watching and then rewatching, doing things like that. Um, there's a lot of movies for me that don't get a rewatch that maybe should have. Maybe. Mm-hmm. My bud here, Travis, it, this movie changed his fucking life, it, and, and he has been talking about it nonstop. So the respect that I have for him tells me that I missed something. So I had to, I had to go back. And the reality is I didn't get it until the fourth time. And the fourth time it was like, I spent the, I spent the movie, you know, digesting the things that I had already seen before, but finally thinking about them and putting them in terms that are contextually functional for me and talk and thinking about being a kid and all the things that I did as a kid. And right. The rare times that your parents might've, you know, gone out for the evening and left you home alone when maybe you were a little too young but they had to try at some point you got to try right and i can't so, watched it that many times <laughs> but also what about the because the the second time i watched it it's the first real time all the way through i watched it on a television set the second time i watched it where it hit me the most and that's how i recommended to grindhouse to watch it was i watched it on my laptop because this movie borrows yeah. so heavily from analog horror and i watched it with these earbuds in in a dark room with no light and I was completely sucked in and it that is the way that's the way that just creeped me. Yeah, when Skinnerink was first blowing up, I there were so many kids on TikTok saying to watch it, you know, to do it with the really uh, headphones and laptop. That was the first yeah, the first wave. Yeah, there was a lot of that. They were, they were telling people to, to watch it. You have on, to watch on, it on a laptop and, and on blah, TikTok. Blah, blah. Because it because it leaked right when it leaked. Yeah, that's what, it. Was so weird to have a movie leak on TikTok. I'm like, since when? But I, see, I don't I don't happened. have TikTok, so I didn't I didn't know about this movie until late December. Yeah, it blew up on TikTok, man. TikTok is the one is the platform that uh, I guess <laughs> helped it lift off because it, it just went crazy, man. There's I 
my phone started blowing up and I'm just like, what, <laughs> what's going on here? And there was so many people freaking out saying they just watched on laptops and whatnot. And that's when, oh yeah, that was a tricky part because that was when it was just starting to get picked up by shutter. Yeah. Bayview was, uh, I'm just confused. Cause I think there, okay. So Kyle had bite-sized nightmares and then it was, uh, there was a small company, but then Bayview entertainment bought it. And then anyways, yeah, it was, everything was kind of happening around the same time. And so there's that pirate version. And then Kyle was, someone shared it to me. And then we were like, okay, we got to shut that down because we don't want it to ruin the deal with uh, AMC, which is where the walking did. Of course, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they own uh, shutter as well. Yeah. So that was a really crazy time. And I, I know one of my friends said, yeah, I never told anyone this before. But at the time I told Kyle, I'm like, Kyle, I just got sent a link. And, and he's like, Oh my God, shut that down. Like tell him to delete it. And it was shared on, they shared it on, on my Facebook page actually. And I was like, wow. Oh, and I was like, and then I was like, no, get rid of that, blah, blah, blah. And it was weird because, well, at the same time, I was very grateful. Like they were so good, like such a good sport. They're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Cause they didn't want to ruin it for Kyle. Right. They wanted to do it the right way and make sure that, you know, you don't want to steal. Like, you don't want to take that away from Kyle. They wanted to, they, you know, especially when they knew it was going to end up in the theater, they want to pay to go see it. You know what I mean? Like, they want to support it the right sure. way is what I'm trying to say. Yes. So I did, we did have a lot of support that way. The funny thing is a lot of people had trouble finding it after that. So I guess that worked. <laughs> well, I wanted um, to ask you, well, you you were going to tell us about your reaction to the first time seeing the movie and, and yeah. how it played out. Yeah, sorry, we're kind of all over the place. No, no, but... no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I knew. Yeah, it would... no, and that's that's totally cool. I'm, I was going to say we have a we have a message from one of our Discord folks. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so um, so Snap, thank you for the message. Um, our Discord friend uh works at a theater ushering apparently, and didn't have anything to do at the time, so they were able to pop in and they caught the last forty minutes of it. Um, nice. and they said it freaked them the hell out. Um, it was it was <laughs> it was loud and immersive. Um. And they just enjoyed the experience. And the quote is, I've loved the movie ever since. Oh, so wow. my guess is that person went back and probably paid to watch it again. I mean, and that's that's really just a testament to what it is. I mean, if you can see the last 40 minutes and you're like, I'm in love and you have to go back and see it again. I mean, that's kind of where, I, like like I said, I, I, I've gotten my first experience. Uh, and I'm, I'm being honest here. My first experience was pretty poor. Um, well, it demands a lot of patience in the beginning. That's why. You're right. You're right. And with the amount of horror I digest and especially the number that I see in the theater, I, I think maybe I was a little lean on patience um, mm. because last night, like I said, watching this again and watching it in my own environment, um, I came out of it with so many feelings. It was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I, I, I didn't have I had to write them down. I literally wrote them down because all like the questions, what are you trying to tell me? What's this about? What could it be about? I had to write all this stuff down, you know, and then and like I said, just having my daughter be Kaylee, it's one of those things where it connected me in a way that I didn't get the first time. And I don't know why, but I didn't, but yeah, I think for me, the first time, uh, this was before Skinnamarink blew up. Uh, I just saw a message flash across the screen. Someone said they had nine passes or something. They spent all nine passes on the whole week of seeing that's our, that's our discord, our, our discord friend. Yep. Yep. Three Thank passes, you so much. nine of them on Skinnamarink over the span of a week. <laughs> who's that? Who's saying that on on the chat? Snap, snap, so snap. Yeah, 
I just want them to know that I'm very grateful and I say thank you for supporting us. I, that's awesome. Chef's kiss snap. Mwah. Well, I think we, I think it's, I think I'm comfortable speaking for the nightclub in this regard that if you can see a movie in the theater, go see it in the theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yes. If I, I mean, it, Ross was sharing with me that they're going to be showing Skin of Rink at, in 35 millimeter format. And I would oh, love yeah. to go catch that. I, I hope it comes near Louisiana. If it goes to Texas or Mississippi, so, anywhere near here, I'm going. I'll send you my screenshot because they, uh, Edmund Rotea, the executive producer, like, he uh he shared it and tagged us all in it on Facebook, so it's on my wall, but I screenshotted it and then I put it in my Instagram stories. I try to share everything, anything that I get on Facebook or Twitter, I always screenshot and I try to share it in my Instagram stories, which is connected to my Facebook stories. So I cross post as much as possible, uh, try to keep everybody in the loop. That's how uh, me and you first started talking because I believe it was because it Kyle was- shared my tweet and, and then right? Was it that? Yeah, it was Twitter. Yeah. And, and so I used to give Twitter shit back in the, like a couple of years ago for, cause I just barely used it and it wasn't that good Same. for the podcast, but yeah, I didn't like Twitter. I, I left Twitter for a while and I just, Skinner Marine is the only reason why I went back on Twitter and now I got to learn how to use it all over again because it's a different animal altogether. It is. And I still don't know how to use it, but I'm, I'm grateful to the Skinner Marine that, uh, we started talking. But your first reaction before it blew up, before it leaked, before anything, when you finally saw the film. So Kyle sent me the link. He's like, okay, I got it all put together. I sat in my living room late night. I was kind of, I was tired too. So, but I think the first time I watched it, I was looking at it through the eyes of an actor. Like, and I was still thinking of the script and I was, and I was trying to figure out how, like, what did Kyle, Kyle, what the you know, I was thinking, Kyle, what the fuck, like, what the, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what is it? You got, you got Skinamarine, huh? And it, it, I was, so the whole time I was just, you know, in, in my mind, I was like, okay, this is that scene. And I was thinking about the script. So I was thinking about it from an actor and, and, you know, production standpoint and trying to piece it all together. So I wasn't able to immerse myself in it that much. So I didn't really connect that well until the very end. I, I, it did bother me a little bit, but for the most part, I was just trying to piece it all together and figure it out. And I was like, really? This is fucked. Like, what is, and then I <laughs> felt something and I knew I had to watch it again, but I only had a temporary link and, uh, for a certain amount of time because that was when he was trying to keep it quiet that he had a deal with, uh, AMC and that. And so he, he didn't want to risk it, you know. Who was the smart fuck at AMC that saw this movie and was like, yes, we need this? Do you know that person's name? They will not tell us to this day. Kyle and Edmund met someone and they will not. I, I can understand why, because then every fucking filmmaker from here to right, right, would be yes. knocking down that guy's door and asking, oh, please get our movie out there. That's right? a sm- I just want to say that is a risk taker and a and a and a a person who I think knows what vision is because, yeah, so I just want to I just want to tip my hat to that person and say whoever you are at AMC if you ever hear this for whatever fucking reason you're dope as fuck thanks but you know what i'm go- next time i see kyle which i hope it's in his next movie and i did mention that to him i said i kind of i was like so just curious how the uh audition process will go for your next film <laughs> and all that stuff <laughs> and uh, i hope to work with you again and he's like he just said you know if i if there's a part for you i'll cast you in a heartbeat yeah man 
And I told him that I understand the process. You know, you don't go into writing a movie like you're going to write it for someone. You you go in with a blank canvas, so to speak, with no influence. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping there's a part for me. And but anyways, yeah, we're getting a little off. But uh, sorry, sorry, that's my fault. Now I'm the one apologizing. That's what we do here, and, and I I hate to say it, that's what makes this fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Like I said, remember the colon. Just remember the colon. Okay. But you, but but yeah. Now what's come what what's coming out through the rupture <laughs> is that you were going to tell us you knew you needed to watch it again. Yes, yes. So watching it at home at the end, I messaged Kyle and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and Kyle just laughed. I'm like, "Dude, that was like I I liked it because it was different, but I I'm not sure what the fuck's going on." But I want to watch it again for sure because it was difficult. Because like I said, the first time I was trying to just piece it all together and, and I was thinking behind the scenes and I was thinking about the script and all that. So then I didn't really get into it. I didn't really connect to it as much. But I was very, very curious about it. And I and at the same time, I was thinking, okay, cool. He finally did something or based on my experience that I've never seen before. So I've I never thinking, seen anything like this before in my fucking and i'm life. gonna be really yeah and i was i'm gonna be really honest i was a little worried about how the audiences were gonna receive it because i because again this day and age we're all used we're all spoiled we're all used to getting everything really fast really quick talk talk yes yes yeah so so we're you and with horror movies we're used to seeing all this stuff right so we just so we're used to getting so much and Skinner Rink is the complete opposite, polar opposite of all that. And you and a lot of us understand that. And the people that don't understand that, that are used to being spoiled and want to see all this stuff, they're the ones that don't like it. They're the ones that don't get it. And like you said, you have to, it's really plays on your imagination. So if you can tap into it that way, then it's so rewarding. Ooh. But uh, so this, so that was the first time I was like, okay, I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure out what kind of a fucking movie you just made. <laughs> But at the same time, I appreciated it, and I and I wanted to watch it again, but I didn't get to, so I had to wait till the premiere, uh, the first night in the theater. Where was and that at? That was in a small theater called the Metro Cinema, over in um Edmonton. In Edmonton. Yep, oh. Edmonton, the city of Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada, obviously. <laughs> eh? <laughs> eh? Yeah. Eh? Coming out for a rip, are you, bud? <laughs> yeah, bud. <laughs> I'm gonna get yeah, drunk tonight, Randers. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna learn to cross check properly. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm from the dirty south. It's, I have in, the no song, idea. it's in the song "Out for a Rip." Just you'll have to look it up. I will. I definitely will. It's probably gonna end the show. <laughs> At this point, I mean, it almost has to. Oh yeah. I want to say before I had a thought and I, I know we stumble over each other, but this, I, this is sort of, for me, it was profound. So I wanted to say it. The thing that I decided I love about this movie, this was yesterday. I decided this is that this movie to me is like taking a rope and stringing it across your life. And sometimes the rope is tight and sometimes the rope is loose, right? Sometimes right. It's easy to stand on. Sometimes it gets as thin as a wire, but it's your brain and your experiences that sort of decide how tight or how loose the rope is. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what walked me through this movie. Because like I said, as I was watching this, I was thinking so much about, and, and this goes to your point, Ross, about stepping in and wanting to see guns blazing or 
demon's blood or whatever else. Yeah. I, I think I think we've gotten to a point, especially in horror, where we have less is more. Well, less is more, but I think we've forgotten we've forgotten what it is to think and yeah. to be reminded of things and to let your own memories and emotions and experience make the horror for you. Yeah, that's a storytelling thing, right? And I yes, and I like I said, the first time I saw it, I did not get that. And last mm-hmm. night watching it by myself, my notes my notes are all about being a kid, were my parents home or not home, when my parents got divorced, being home with my brother with no parents, and my brother was in charge and the, and the shit that happened. <laughs> Seriously. And and so it like it, it filled it in. And 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 to be perfectly honest, there were some okay memories in there, but a lot of it was not. And it made the movie horrific in a way that it hadn't been horrific up until that moment for me. Right. Yeah. When you find the horror in it now, like the real horror and finding it horrific and it being tied to your memories. I love what you said that, that it's, it's about thinking again. Yeah. That was, I loved what you said too. That was perfect. That is to Ross's point. It is, it's, it's, it's not about instant gratification. It's about taking the time to absorb this piece of art. This movie this is why cinema is made. It's kind of like reading a novel, eh? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like reading a novel, right? Where you're painting your own picture in your mind, like you're piecing it all together you're, and your imagination's going to work for you. So, you know, Kyle nailed it. Y'all are making me just, I'm loving this. I'm loving what y'all are saying. Like it's exactly it's amazing, that. It's amazing to make a feature length film where a great deal of the point is letting the audience fill in the blanks from their mind. Yes. And to make it work. That this was is where this movie excels. Like this movie just yes. I've never seen a film do it this great. Ever. Like do it this this well. Never, ever, ever. Back back to your when you saw this movie again, you saw it at the premiere. Like this is this is the glitz and glamour too. Like this is everyone's yeah. coming out tonight. Oh, what was that dude. like? When we had, like so it's went it's January and it was cold as fuck obviously being in Canada where you know we build igloos for fun and <laughs> fight off polar bears and and yeah. stab ho- stab trees with hockey sticks yeah. for all the all cross the Minnesota here so I get you <laughs> <laughs> we cross we cross check polar bears you know just to stay in shape <laughs> and uh, drink beer <laughs> yeah <Wow>. but <laughs> um, throw some syrup in there and bacon. Anyway, so Tasty. yeah, I'm rolling out. Uh, it's me and Lucas, and I had my ex come along, which her and I have a good co-parenting relationship. And I had her come along because obviously Rylan, Lucas's big brother, wanted to be there. And I was just thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to do all of this and look after the boys at the same time, like because yeah, I can't give everybody 100 percent attention. That, that math don't exist. So I asked the ex to come along just to kind of help. That's referee. awesome. Yeah, and helping, and she was awesome. So we're—I'll never forget walking around the corner and seeing the lineup. There was the lineup went all halfway, at least halfway around the building. Yeah, when that when I saw that, and we I stopped in my tracks, and we couldn't get in the door. So I I (laughs) banged on the other door where you know Edmund Rotea, the executive producer and the owner of the theater. We're sitting there and I'm just like banging on the door and he looks at me he's like, oh my God. And then all the other people <laughs> were like, is that the actors? I think that's the actors. And 
And I we don't like, know oh, because we never saw their faces. <laughs> I don't know. Am I the actor? Am I in this movie? I don't know. <laughs> is that Aaron or is that Ross Paul? Who's the, who is that? Pinkman? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm sorry. So yeah, that was very surreal and very, I had goosebumps. I was like, holy shit, this is happening. Like, this is crazy. So that was my first kind of feeling like a star that night. And I, I was like, okay, we got to get inside. We got to stay focused. So we got inside and, uh, Lucas and Ryland obviously wasn't allowed in. So the mother sat out in the lobby with them while I went in and watched it. Cause I wanted to obviously, uh, see it theater wise. And I, I'm not sure why. I think it's because I had gotten all that out of my system. You know what I mean? Like I dissected it and I pieced it all together. So this time I was able, once I was in the theater, I was able to just, just absorb and look at it through the eyes of a viewer this time instead of an actor. And it was completely different experience, man. I was sucked in right away. I, it's the same as uh, um, grind. Do you mind if I just call you grind? Is that cool? Well, you could call him Brent too. That his name, his name is Brent Grindhouse. I think yeah, at this point, everybody knows. Yeah, it's not a secret anymore. Do whatever you can. I also answer to "Hey you." Ask my wife. <laughs> hey you. <laughs> hey you. <laughs> With the beer and the cig. Which one yeah, of us are you talking to now? <laughs> I have no idea. All right. <laughs> Thank that you so guy. much, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Brent. I'm, I'm, you're good. You're I'm good, the tall dude. one, just for the record. <laughs> yes, yes. He's he's the handsome tall man. Right. Okay. Tall Brent. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> tall Brent. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was – I don't even know where to start with that. I was uh, – it fucked me up. It uh, it got really intense. It took me back to, I'm not really sure. Like, I, it was triggering me. It was hitting me. It was taking me back. I was thinking of Lucas, too. Even though it was Kevin, that was kind of fucking with me. Like, it was a completely different experience in the theater. Because, like I said, the first time it was all technical and I was, you know, piecing it together. But then the second time I was done with all that. So I, I went in strictly as a viewer, as as reading a story, and I wanted to, get to know you know the characters and i was able to you know really immerse myself and it was so intense my whole every muscle in my body was just tensed up the whole fucking time that was the first time i ever i've never really experienced uh, anxiety maybe once in my life um i live a, i try to live a healthier lifestyle these days but i did that was the first time i experienced a little bit of anxiety and i got emotional it was just such a roller coaster ride, man. And uh, if you guys want me to get more into it, I can. But yeah, I will say, yeah, 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 I am not. I will not watch Skinnerink again. Whoa! Oh, boom! I'm not gonna. I, I and I had this talk with Kyle afterwards at the after party, and I said, Kyle, that move. That fucked me up. Like, I'm fucked up right now. Like, I couldn't even enjoy myself at the after party because I was still... <laughs> I was shaking, and I just felt... I was so mind-fucked. I couldn't enjoy myself. I, I, I had a drink, but I was like, I'm not going to drink anymore because if I get drunk, I'm going to get really fucked. Like, I'm going to be a... <sighs> like, I'm not going to add alcohol to this mess that's going on right now because that'll be like throwing gasoline on a fire. So... When you know what part I almost left at, I almost got up and walked out when it showed the blood splatter, and I knew that was Kevin getting killed or or stabbed over and over. That 
I can't even really talk about it. Like it gets me emotional still. Like I'm still, that's the other part of the actor, uh, you know, as an actor, when you take on roles and, and, and the film, you have to let go of that after the movie's done. Right. And I'm still learning that part. I think it's still with me a little bit. And so uh, probably cause I haven't done the work to really let go. <laughs> I haven't had time uh, to really sit. You just got to hug that little boy and yeah. kiss him and love him and just be like, Oh, you're not skin of a ring, son. You're here it with that. It fucked with me on so many levels, man. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, he apologized. I, uh, yeah, I remember Kyle was like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, man, don't apologize for it. You know, it's a testament to your work. Don't apologize for that yeah. shit. Yeah, don't yeah, apologize yeah. for doing, for being fucking awesome. Like, but he felt, he actually felt that. I was like, no, man, it's okay. I'll be okay. I'll get a fucking counselor and I'll be fine. Dude. It's good to, it's good to know that a, that a storyteller still has a, still has a heart and still worries about the people that contribute to he's, his work. He's not Kubrick, right? Like Kubrick didn't give a fuck. Yeah, that guy exactly. was yelling at everybody. So it, for me, it does beg the question, fast forward six or eight years and Lucas wants to watch the film. What do you say? Sure. But I'm watching it with you. Okay. That's so sweet. I got to say right now, like, okay, obviously I'm not the dad in Skinamarink. We have the dad in Skinamarink on tonight. Skinamarink dad's here. So I didn't I didn't view this from a technical perspective as an actor the first time I watched this movie, but we're similar in a way where the first time I saw this, I was trying to dissect the puzzle. The second mm-hmm. time was when it hit me emotionally, and that's what it did for you. I, I admit I've gone on to watch it four more times, so I – but I had to. I had to because I had an experience very close to home with what mm-hmm. this film is saying or well what happens in this film with the dad and the kids and yeah i think i think it, it was similar to me as well i think some it hit close to home on a, on a couple of things but i'm i'm still sorting a lot of that shit out <laughs> as am i my brother and emotionally this movie hit me very hard which is why kind of like you i'm not going to be watching this again i'll say for a long time i really hope I really hope in my heart of hearts one day you and Lucas sit down and father and son watch this film together. And is it Ryan or Rylan? Rylan. Yeah. Rylan. I hope, I hope Rylan's there too. And, and you guys. Yeah. Can, we're going to. Yeah. That's, and, and that's the plan. I, I think, I think that might be a, like a, uh, a therapeutic maybe, maybe way to, to, to do. I hope so anyway. That, and I that'll love Brian House's tenth, question. That'll be a 10th anniversary. <laughs> so your second watch that's when it fucking hits you i gotta ask about your response to the reaction of this movie we've already talked about when it leaked so but when it comes to the outpouring where this film has been since terrifier 2 the most talked about movie in the horror community skin Marink is hands down the movie that everyone that loves horror is, you know, has been talking about since January. That and Outwaters by Robbie Banfitch, um, another worthy film. That I have to see. I will see soon. Oh, brother, you're going to love it. But but what was your re- reaction to the, re- the the response that this movie has garnered? Like, like and to the success that because you said you didn't know what this movie was going to do. Fifteen thousand dollar budget. You never had thoughts of. It's the, it is the toast of the horror town. Like this is the fucking movie, bruh. This is going to be talked about forever now. This is a historic I, movie. 
Yeah, that just blows my fucking mind. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, because at the time I was, I like I said before, I was a little worried about how it was going to be received because it was so fucked up because I wasn't sure, like I said, the first time seeing it at home and me dissecting it compared to the second time, you know, in the theater, obviously I understood. I, you know, since the second time I was able to have that experience, I was like, oh, now I understand. Now I completely understand why this is blowing up the way it is because I didn't understand the first time. But when I I first saw it, on, I don't even remember how. Yeah, it was on TikTok. That's when I first saw it blowing up. An old friend of mine, actually, from grades like little school and junior high, he, he's been a horror freak since I can remember. He was I remember him having like the Freddy mask and the glove and the Jason, like all the Friday, all the paraphernalia. And uh, he messaged me. He was like, dude, your movie's blowing up in the horror community right now. And he's, and he sent me these links and he's like, and I was like, what, what, like, what the fuck? And then my phone just started blowing up over the next few days. I started getting, you know, people were sending me links People were sharing stuff. I was getting more followers. Uh, I was getting text messages. Like all my social media platforms were just going nuts for a while. And there's just, and then the, I saw the Rolling Stone. <laughs> How uh, crazy is article. it to be in Rolling Stone, cuz? I have it all screenshotted. I it, First it was Variety. And then... Rolling Stone, New York Times, Los Angeles Times. Uh, what was the other one? Rue Morgue or what's every, the other one? Every, every, every wire. Everything. Y'all were in everything. They're, oh, yeah. And actually, I think if you go to my, or not even just my IMDb, if you go to, it just skinnamarink imdb.com and you can go, you, I think you can click on, uh, media or something there's a link there you and it'll there's a long list of all the articles that were written about you know of everybody that wrote about skin and rink and i was just losing my fucking mind i was just like what the hell do i do like i <laughs> I, I was panicking because i was like what's happening what do i do i contacted my old vancouver film school teachers like my mentors i was like okay because they've been in the industry for a while they've been in some major films and whatnot in their time and I was just reaching out to them because, like, what the fuck do I do? And and my one teacher, uh, Michael Robinson, uh, wrote me back and was said, "Dude, you got to capitalize on the success as soon as possible. Yeah. Try to get an agent. Strike um, while the iron is hot, kid. Exactly. And I'm gonna be really honest. I have no, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I mean, I I think back when I was in Vancouver Film School before being a dad, I had an idea. But because there's such a gap in my acting career, I f forgot. <laughs> like, and also, you got to keep in mind the industry has changed so fucking much mm -hmm. over the past. Well, 10 while, while y'all made this film, y'all were dealing with a major change, right? Because it was during COVID, y'all made this film, correct? Yeah, that's right. And things are, yeah, things had just opened up. And while well, here, things had just opened up and they dropped everything and everything was kind of going back to normal, too. So, it was, uh, that adds to it big time. I'm sure any actor out there can remember when it was first or when their careers were just kind of starting to take off. I guess my question would be, do you, did they know what they were doing? <laughs> like, mm. I doubt, I doubt it. So I'm going to be really honest and say, I still, 
I still don't really know what I'm doing. I, I, I'm just kind of winging it. I, and I'm staying positive and I'm just kind of taking things as they come. Cause I'm also balancing a lot. I'm, I have uh, some fitness goals. I'm trying to get, you know, in shape because I do have a dream of being in a role where I either play a Viking or something like that. So I want to get oh, ripped and ready. For that. Yeah. Like, so That's I have been dope. working out a lot. Like I have a serious fitness goal. I've been hitting the gym really hard. And, uh, where was I going with that? Um, we're hoping to see Ross Paul in a goddamn Viking epic is where you're going with that. That's what, that's what <laughs> yeah, we're putting yeah. out there to the world. Well, yeah. just, I guess I'm just trying to prepare myself for what might ha- happen. So I've been doing yoga because yoga is a good way to get the body as an actor. Anybody that's an actor would know you have to be ready physically, emotionally, mentally, like it's all connected. So all those tools are very important. So I'm trying to just prepare myself, you know, for the next thing. And, uh, but yeah, as things were blowing up, I was, all my friends were going nuts. I was getting more phone calls. It got so overwhelming to a point where, and I think I, uh, um, yeah, I told you earlier, uh, I threw my phone. I literally threw my phone and uh-huh. luckily it landed on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Not against and the wall. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Thank God. And I just walked out of my house and I went for a lo- really long walk. I mean, my kids were at home. I think they're at school or at their mom's, one or the other. And, uh, yeah, I just remember I had to decompress. Like I had to just breathe because I was burnt out. I, I I was stuck to my phone. I was trying to keep up with it all, all the all the press and everything. And and I yeah, I got overwhelmed and I burnt out basically. It's, it would be like it would really be like if the nightclub blew the fuck up somehow overnight. Like that's the because uh, we're just guy, we're just average guys. Like we're not. Yeah, exactly. And. But, dude, you were in, like you said, Variety, Rolling Stone. You're in a film that has so much cachet right now. Your your mentors are correct. Strike while the iron is hot. Jump on that shit, my brother. Like, yeah, get like get an agent and do that. And, and but also, like you're saying, and I love I love what you're saying as a father. Like balance for your kids and keeping all that right. in mind. Like that's and it's a hard. I can only imagine. Cause I, I got to do the same sort of thing in my life. I'm trying mm-hmm. to balance a lot of things and it, it's not easy. So I can't imagine like, well, yeah. And when it takes off, when I, I, I see, I can tell your podcast is going to, you're, you, all I'm going to say is get ready guys. It's going to be a crazy ride when it does happen. Hold on for dear life. <laughs> Dude, I'm well, much awesome more... that you say that, but I'll tell you this and this, and, and I, and I mean this too. From from somebody who has been in the most talked about horror movie of the year, without yeah. a doubt, the most hot. You're sitting here and you're talking to us like, and and Travis has masturbated at least three times since we've been talking. <laughs> He's just, oh, definitely. Just, I'm slow stroking it right now, cause my point being though is that uh, I from from a fan's perspective, and, and and I mean, and the first first and foremost, I am a fan of horror. That's what I am. First and foremost, I mm. love talking about it. But even when I'm not talking about it, when I'm not doing this, when I'm not doing something social media stuff, I'm always digesting horror. It is so awesome that you just sit down and talk to us like you're a regular dude and we're regular dudes. And I'm a regular dude. <laughs> I've I've learned well, I've learned so much about this movie from my first movie watch where I was like kind of like eh to sort of my awakening yesterday and until mm-hmm. now. This is it, the, the pedestal levels that it's jumped is incredible. Um, 
but I, but that's a, that's, that's a big part of it is you, is you just talking to us and just, you know, I, I think that when it comes to horror, there's so much of it out there, but mm-hmm. there are so many people that are sort of, how do I say it nicely? Assholes. Yeah. Uh, about, <laughs> about what they are. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Travis talked a little bit about, a little bit about Terrifier too, and, I did a little bit of traveling to to meet some of those people. Grindhouse went full fucking bore and went to a goddamn festival, Ocala, Spookala in Ocala, Florida, and met all the Terrifier 2 oh, people. Oh, he, nice. he, yeah, the Terrifier 2 fucking rocked his I world. Did. Yep, yep, I, I did, and I did, but what I'm saying is that it, because of your willingness to talk to us and be open and just have a good conversation and not be a... Well, my agent said I couldn't say that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, fuck that noise. You've, you've, well, but you've ultimately elevated this whole thing, <laughs> and and I think I think our audience is going to get that too. Oh, um, so definitely. I would, I would absolutely implore everybody because here's here's the reality of horror: just because you didn't like it doesn't mean it isn't good. That's sometimes, what I say about a lot of movies. Yeah, so sometimes it takes a second or third or maybe even tenth watch before you're like, oh my fucking god, and you get it, you know. For me, it took four. It took four. Well, I'm glad you got the four. <laughs> you did it for me. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, skin of my dad's like, I'm done it too. Deuces. I GTFO'd, man. I GTFO'd. <laughs> I can't, like Grindhouse has said so many times, this has, this movie has changed my life. And Skin of Marine's in the running for like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And I just want to say, our interaction earlier today um, for the listeners, I got to talk on the phone with Ross briefly before tonight's show, and I I talked That's to him. Ab- no, no, no. I was door dashing, and we had we had a whole thing about sending him some boudin crawfish. Oh. <laughs> across, we, we were gonna we were gonna slingshot it across Niagara Falls, and he was gonna fucking get hit with it on the other side. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be donning hockey equipment, obviously, with the helmet and all the gear. That way, I don't get killed by a fucking I don't know a bowl of something, a bowl a, of a five fucking... pound fucking sack of crawfish and frozen <laughs> frozen boudin. Yeah, oh, the boudin would hurt if it, you get hit by boudin. That would hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of my freezer right now. If it hit, shit hit, it would hurt. <laughs> definitely wearing definitely have wearing the hockey gear for sure. <laughs> or a cop too, because Travis shoots low. He's like, ah. Oh, thank, thank you, Brent. <laughs> what we talked about, though, was that um, – no, it's good. When we spoke earlier, I was telling you when I watched this film, I had that, that experience with, with Lucas as Kevin and mm-hmm. how troubling that was. And the scenes that really hit me the most are the ones where, where Kevin and Kaylee are talking to each other and comforting each other, and they're so uncertain, and that's the ones that make me cry. Yeah. And – what you did through Instagram, we were talking and you were going to pick up your boys from school, trusty dad, not skinnamarink and his, his skinnamarunts. He was going to get them. You sent a little video and Lucas was in the video and he was saying hello. And, <laughs> and when I saw that, my heart just bursted. Okay. And, and cause I was telling you that I saw that you guys, you and you and Lucas had did some, um, some meet and greets and stuff like that. And like you said, yeah. and I'll post a link again in the description for y'all introducing it and stuff. When I, I wanted to see y'all so bad, Ricky had to calm me down and say, you know, this is a movie, right? Travis, like that little boy's okay. I was so concerned. I wanted to go meet you guys at a meet and greet just to see Lucas and make sure 
not because of the movie he made. I just wanted to make sure he didn't stab himself in the eye and he wasn't skinnamarinked. <laughs> okay. So when he, uh, when you sent you. that video of your son, that just made my, that made my week, man. That, that was so sweet and so awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that so much. Uh, I've had, I've had other people as well reach out through Instagram and, uh, I, yeah, they pretty much said the same thing. They were so worried about Kevin and they were just losing their shit. <laughs> and I, I am so thankful, so grateful for all the love and support, by the way. So thanks again. Shout out to all the fans and for all the love and support and especially for the concern for Lucas, AKA Kevin. Uh, that's awesome. Um, he carried the audience through this film and, and such a, such a great job. And, and, and Kyle did a great job. You did a great job. Kaylee, the actress that played Kaylee. Yeah. Dolly, Dolly Rose. Yeah. She was, she's a trooper. She did an amazing job. She was like a big sister. Her and Lucas still talk. I guess Aww. they're on Kids Messenger now. So, oh, yeah, this is amazing. Awesome. Yes. That's so cool. I hope they stay friends forever. I hope I they hope so really too. do. Yeah, oh same. my god! I'm having my own little fandom fan head yeah, Emma, over here. Her mother, her mother's name is Emma, and uh, her and I talked a little bit. We we are we're we're gonna try to keep in touch, and and it's and it's kind of cool to see all the different directions we're all kind of going in. Like it's it's a kind of a crazy time right now. Um, there's something I did want to touch on. Uh, I wasn't sure if I should talk about it or not. Like, yes, this is definitely helping my acting career, but it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. And there's a lot of factors. I think back in the day, I was thinking like when you hear of one big breakout movie, you know, you you start seeing uh, that actor and a ton of other stuff, usually right away. You know what I mean? Like usually stuff happens right away. But for me, it's been kind of a, it's just been coming in waves. It's been a slower process. And me and uh, a guy I'm uh, I'm going to be making a film with, I can mention that soon. Uh, he's based out of L.A. He, It's because nobody really got to see my face. And I understand that because a lot of people didn't get to connect with me or Jamie's character because we didn't really they didn't really get to see us that much. And I don't regret any of that. Like, I don't have any feelings. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't change a thing. So I definitely want to put that out there. I would not change a damn thing. Um, I love everything that's happened so far. I just think it's going to happen a little bit different for me, and and I'm still trying to figure this all out. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like don't don't think about it that hard. Because here's what I'm going to say. I was going to jump the gun and 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 say what you were going to say for you. It's because we don't see you, but we don't see anybody. So you're all in the same boat. But listen, you're associated with a film that we've already talked about has been in every major publication known to goddamn mankind. Yeah, Dude, that's true. Keep that's at gotta it. That's got to count for something. <laughs> it does count for something. Keep hammering away because it's going to happen. You're, so when you're, you're, it comes to the hardcore horror fans, though, hardcore people that love horror, here's the reality. Do for another me. horror film and you're going to be, you're going to be a fucking star in the horror community. Just saying. Not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is watching this movie. And the place that it finally took me to, Ross is my father. <laughs> That's where it took me. Okay? No. And I that is... <laughs> yeah. I had to do it. I had to do it. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. And and you're doing right by your kids. You're doing right by the film that you were supporting 100%. You're doing right by your fans by talking to the people that love this. And not because we're 
we're from some fancy magazine or from something else. It's because right. we're, we're a couple of dudes that love your shit. Appreciate that's, that very much. Oh, dude, my, this is our pleasure. <laughs> that's, how, that's how things are made. And um, from this day forward, anything that you are in, I will be the first guy in line. I will have the biggest bucket of popcorn and the biggest jar of emodium to counteract. <laughs> I will, I will, I'll be there every step of the way. Because From uppers and downers. <laughs> yeah, this is how you make fans though. You make fans through things that are good, through things that you want to talk about and through connecting to the people that love it. Thank oh, you fuck so yeah. much. All that being said, what do you have coming up? You're making a film with someone in LA. What are all your upcoming projects? Because like Grindhouse, I'm echoing this. Dude, I'm here for it. Like, I want to know what Ross Paul's in next. And Lucas, if he's got another film in the future, too, because God bless his little star heart, that boy. Uh, he he I know, carried that's, me through that's... Skin and Marink so tragically and sorrowfully. <laughs> well, it's a good uh, thing you're small that a six-year-old boy can carry you. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Zing. But zing. Um, yeah, uh, Lucas, I... <sighs> his mother and I talked about that and he needs more. I'm, I'm going to be honest. He need, he is good with lines. I did get, I did uh, rent, uh, reach out to an agency here and they sent us a script and I did uh, a screen test for him. And I will say he's really good at memorizing lines. He, he memorizes lines a lot better than I did. And quicker. <laughs> I, so I was like, Holy shit, you memorize them in like a day and a half. Like you're, you have, he had them pretty much down. Yeah, uh, Lucas. Yeah, so I did upload that video to my YouTube channel. It's a screen test. It says Lucas Paul uh, from Skin and Marine's first ever screen test, and he's it, there's a description in it that tells he's a kid playing chess with his with Santa Claus. And anyway, so we kind of decided to dial it back a bit because he's in school right now, and it was kind of starting to go to his head a little bit. He was, <laughs> Shut, he was baby. asking everybody if they wanted a picture <laughs> <laughs> he's a little leonardo dicaprio that boy yeah and, and at the same time we're worried we're scared too oh this just reminded me of something i had the most random fucking thing ever like happen ever and this was just probably a month or two ago as skinner was still blown or yeah still blowing up some random dude called me. He found my number from the IMDb, which I forgot was on there. He called me. He's a writer. I don't think he gave me his name. He's from the Bronx. He just wanted to talk to me. I was like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> but I'm a very open-minded, like fairly chilled guy. I try to stay open-minded and open to people. But at the same time, everything that's going through my head is like, is this some crazy guy? Is this some stalker? Is this... Like, who the, is this some big executive pretending? Like, so I just stayed on the phone and we talked for probably a good half an hour. And I was sitting in a parking lot trying to go into Canadian Tire. And he was just telling me that he was a writer. And he's said, I just wanted to call and talk to you. And I hope that you guys are doing well. And I don't remember the rest of the conversation because he was just going off. And then he, he asked, one of the questions he asked me, would you ever work abroad? And I said, yeah, I'm open to working anywhere, like going anywhere and pretty much almost doing anything. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to wind up in some weird. Uh, <laughs> Set on <80 fire>. <laughs> I don't want to be in some weird porn. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to the nightclub. <laughs> yeah. You didn't yeah. know, but uh, tonight, <laughs> how do you get Skinema pegged? 
I didn't want to end up in South America working with like ten midgets in a dark. Room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, little oh. people. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Need to fix that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, I guess it's standing. Okay. Unless he wants me to, I will, but no. Well, whatever. I don't give a shit. Me neither. <laughs> well, I do. I care a little bit, but look, it's all joking. It's all fun. <laughs> it should um, be. Yeah, that phone call was weird. I I just wanted to mention that because mm-hmm. I'm still wondering to this day. I wonder if he's ever going to call me back. He's like, I don't know. Anyway, that was weird, and that, and he actually. Oh, you're, expressed- oh, wait, wait! You're pining. You're pining for this South American gonna gonna maybe possibly peg you. Got to call you back. Let's just forget about South America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. What are you, you trying got- to do, man? What are you trying to do? <laughs> you got skin him a runked over to South America. If I go missing, Travis Travis supports the pygmies. I mean, you can kind of see why. So. <laughs> What what are you what are you working on besides this guy that uh might call you back like what's going on Oh sorry yeah um I just that was completely random as it was really <laughs> random for me so I just wanted to share that so uh but he expressed his concern for Lucas and how you got to be careful about child actors and that's exactly what my ex and I talked about you know like we want him to I mean this is his breakout film I would say and oh yeah uh, but how do we navigate this as not not just him having a career, but as parents trying to don't, keep him safe? Don't ever leave him alone with anyone. That, that no, would I my, would never. Yeah, we would good. never. Yep. yep. No, I that'd wouldn't. be my only piece of advice, and I know you would know that as a father too. Like, yeah, instinctually, like fuck that. Yeah. And it sounds so, like, oh yeah, no. If you want to, yeah, it sounds like you're doing it. You're, you know, you, you throttle back when you need to. You make sure that school is the priority because at the end of the day, if you're even if you're a great actor, if you're a dumb fuck, then a lot of stuff doesn't really matter. So. Okay, so Lucas, uh, I still want to pursue his acting career, but for now, we're going to dial it back. But what about you, my friend? Like, what do yeah, you got sorry, coming bootleg, up? Bootleg 317. He's on YouTube. Uh, I think it's called the Alley. I, I always mix up the name. Alley and Jay show. He's on YouTube. He's got like a, he's got like almost 3,000 followers or subscribers. He does riffs and parodies and uh, animated stuff. Like, I think he did an animated parody Lego, like a Lego version of Skinamarink. Oh, uh, what? And they riff. He calls it, well, I never heard the term riff. So he, he riffs on it is what he's saying. He's, so they kind of make fun a little bit. Make fun. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he's going to do a riff of Skinamarink and he sent me a script and I, oh, I, gotta be careful because i don't want to give too much away because it's no 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 don't don't because but yeah. i will say this that i had to film my scenes here he sent me the script i filmed it here and i sent it all back to him and now he's putting it together he just kind of it's in my instagram stories right now we're kind of advertising it a bit he's a, it's in the editing phase so i just did a skit slash riff with bootleg 317 um so that's in the works and what else? I've been doing a bunch of podcasts, the Baron's Hideout, you guys, the nightclub. Uh, I did Our Life in Horror. I, we actually did that in Ontario uh, r- right after the screening uh, when Lucas and I was there. So we did that in person oh, with wow. those guys. We sat around the table in the same theater that Skinner was screened in. That was a crazy experience. That was awesome. 
what else? Oh, I, I ended up meeting a friend. He's a, a friend now, Troy Basoran. He's uh, based out of LA. He met Kyle actually when Kyle was down there when it was pre premiering in LA and he, he, he has pictures with Kyle and whatnot. And uh, he reached out to me and he's writing a short film called Yuletide and it's going to be a proof of concept. So if that, once that's released and it's uh, depending on how well it does, if it does really well, it's it'll green light the full feature film called Decorated Trees. Ooh. So Yuletide is the short film, which will give you, the, it'll be the short version of Decorated Trees. Like heck was the proof of concept for Skinamarink. Exactly. So yes. I'm, he sent me a script. It's been rewritten a couple of times, but I found a, an actor. Her name is Caroline Bailey. She's on Instagram as well. Uh, I've tag, I'll be tagging her in the future. She's going to play my wife in this movie. And uh, I think he's found all his actors so far. And we're either going to film it in, I'm not sure if we're filming it in LA, like, or so- Southern California, or he talked about maybe Minnesota or maybe up here in Alberta. One of the, we're not sure, but oh, uh, that's my next film that I'll be doing. It'll be a short film called Yuletide written and produced by Troy Basoran. He's on Instagram. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm pretty much working on now when I have time. I'm trying to develop the character Jack. I'm doing my homework. Uh, I guess the character is loosely based off of uh, an old 1960s movie or 50s, uh, Humphrey Bogart, uh, Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, heard uh, it. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, um, no, frankly, 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 my Ross, I don't give a damn. I went off on a tangent. No, a bit, no, but... I'm doing the, the, the quote from the film. No, that's from, is that Gone with the Wind? Frankly, uh, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Yes, it is. Oh, I'm stupid. Never mind. That's Travis's dumb brain fucking shit up. So, Travis, when you're ready to come back, <laughs> I'd like to tell you about this movie. <laughs> Just grab your, grab your shoulders, Travis, and pull really hard, and you'll hear that. That's your head coming out of your ass. <laughs> no, yeah. it's all good. I haven't even seen Casablanca, but I, I, I have, but I was told I could build base some of my character on that character. Uh, you know his demeanor and whatnot. So I, I just wanted to share that. Uh, it's going to be really cool trying to you know figure out the rest of Jack's story and who he is. And and uh, anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I want to obviously I want to flex my acting muscles and really show my range. And yes. I think that's one of the reasons it's been difficult for me to get a like the type of agent that I want. It's because I haven't really, really been able to do anything that shows my whole range. So that's something I'm working on right now. You know what I mean? Like a range of emotions. and. Well, yeah, Skinner- I, think, I think anyone that's seen Skinnerink understands that, A, you played the father. B, you were a father of one of the other. I mean, so, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. And, and, and to Travis's earlier point about you don't really see anybody's faces. And there's like everything is in whispers. I mean, it's it's. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a certain selective vocal range because you're down really low, um, but at the same time, yeah, it's like how how do you how do you express who you are when nobody can see you and you don't just get to talk, you know, you don't yeah, to, or pick an accent or to do whatever it is you're gonna do if you're gonna be from the Bronx or be from Minnesota or be from Canada, 
it, you don't get to do anything <laughs> with it. You know, you can't really express it. So it, that makes total sense. Yeah. So in the nicest way possible, it is the weirdest breakout film. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the impact, yeah. the impact that everyone leaves. Yeah. And that, that's to Grindhouse's point earlier. Like what this movie is doing and what, what people are going to remember is the feeling. And even though it wasn't his point, my point is if you do more horror films, you're going to find a niche uh, where, where you're wanted, my friend, because you're the dad from fucking Skinema Rink. You're Skinema Dad. So, Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I think so too. I think uh, that's why I say it's weird. And I, and I didn't, I was really apprehensive. Like I wasn't sh- sure. I'm really careful what to say because I didn't want to come off. I'm scared to come off as like I'm ungrateful or, or I'm mad or, 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 you know what I mean? Like I, I don't think I don't you came off any- like that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to come off as a, a very like, honest human. That's what you come off as a very honest human. Yep. That's all. That's I try all. to be, I try to stay grounded and, and on, very honest. I'm, I'm very honest to myself, to everybody I meet. And I, like anybody else, I just want to, prov- obviously I want to, I'm not, I don't care too much about the rich and famous. I just want to get to a place where I can provide a better quality of life right. for my kids. You want to, you want to work. You want to work. You want to, yeah, act. I want to work more. Yeah. I, I'm hungry right now. I'm fucking hungry, dude. I want to sink my teeth into so much. Like I want to get into it. I want to dive into it. It's because I had to, like, I, I love being a dad, but I had to step away from acting. And that was so painful. I mean, it was, it was a double edged, you know what I mean? Like it was, I was so torn. Cause I was like, I loved acting, but obviously I love being a dad, but I, it was, so I had to just kind of, I thought it was over, but now I feel, I believe in things happen for a reason. And so I took skin and rink as like a sign, like, no dude, your acting career isn't over. Yes. You just had to take a detour for a while. And this is your time and you just got to now it's I, I believe that I just need to prove myself now as an actor. That's what I believe. I think that's where I'm at right now. You're doing yeah, the you're, hard you're balancing. Act. Over, right? I mean, your dreams never have to be over. And right. It, it, it's fair to say as a dad, sometimes they got to go in the back seat for a while. They have to. Yeah. That's, just yeah. being, that's being a parent. Yeah. Every parent across the fucking world should suck on that one and digest it hard. <laughs> you are not the most important fucking thing in the world. But there is a time where you get to spend a little bit of time focusing on you. And it sounds like that's what you're trying to do. And fucking kudos to you for doing it. But the way you're saying you're doing it, where you try to find a balance, that's what – I mean, dude, that clues me in. Like you wouldn't be the dad from Skin and Marink who just fucking disappeared because you'd be the dad that's there no matter what. And I I love that. It, juxtaposed to your character who no through no fault of his own doesn't get to participate in – because I already know you would slide in there like John fucking Wick, kick skin and rink in the fucking face, and fucking oh. skull, skull bludgeon him to death. What did I say in the one tweet? Was it, was it you like, that called me Ross Wick? Was it you that did that? No, I didn't call you Ross Wick, but I said in one tweet I was like, you would um, Canadian skull crush him. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the best moment ever. <laughs> I hope you, oh, yeah, because I said that's a new move. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Canadian. It was like uh, a now Canadian. We pull that up. It was like a Canadian skull crusher kick. It was just some yeah. like fucking just uh, fuck you, skin and Yeah, yeah and I told you to uh, get the patent on that, man. <laughs> Copyright <laughs> nightclub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there it is. It's legal now. There it is. Uh, yeah, although, but someone although, did call me Ross Wick. <laughs> you are Ross Wick, cause come back in there. We need a sequel, <laughs> Kyle. 
Kyle Edward Ball, hashtag at, if you're listening, you need to make a sequel to Skin and Marine, Skin and Marine 2. The f- I don't know if there could because – No, there, so- should, there shouldn't be, but if there was, it's you coming back as Ross Wick, and you fucking just level this motherfucker. Like he's got a physical form, and you kick him in the teeth, and you fucking just stab him in the eye, and you rip his guts open for eternity. Fuck him. Fuck Skin and Marine. Ross Daddy is coming. Ross it's is gonna here. Happen. There's yeah. going to be a parody now. You wait. Oh, that's that's so funny because I see Skin and Ring too as a completely different thing. But that is the that's the beauty of of the movie and where it lets you interpret things differently. Because mm-hmm. I would say I would say Skin and Ring two is Daddy walking up the front door. He he's putting down his forty emulsion and putting down his <laughs> uh, his empty cigarette pack and then walking his kids to the school bus. And then shortly, shortly after, mom comes home, and then we got a big happy family, right? I mean, because again, emotions are emotions, but it's like I don't know any, anyone, anyone who has seen this movie and didn't like it, you need to watch it again. Anyone who hasn't seen it, see it, but do yourself a favor and turn off the lights, put on headphones if you can, and yeah. pretend, pretend that you're six years old because this movie will get you right in the colon if Ooh. you let. It. <laughs> That's that's an awesome fucking way to go roundabout and round it out. Yeah, fucking a grindhouse. Ross, is there anything you want to say about Skin and Marine? Your experience with it, because it's ever it's ever evolving. Like you're still going through it. And I cannot. To- everything that's come from it, all the memes. There's so many memes. Uh, Skin and Marine is a word now. Yes, it's a thing now. I've seen that's been all over the internet. Uh, there's been so many jokes. Uh, there's already parodies. Like, there's, yeah, uh, someone made an, an actual stamp, like a like you stamp to mail it, like a, a skin marine stamp. And now it's crazy how it's evolved. Now that the phone is the skin marine, they're calling that little kids Fisher Price. Uh, and it's not the chatter yeah. phone. And it's not they're though. That's it. not the skin marine. No, but they, and now you're seeing him in all the memes and, and there's one about the Oscars saying, I saw a meme where it showed the Oscars, like the car, the red carpet and the big Oscar. And then it showed that little chatter phone. It said Skinner Marine showing up at the Oscars. I saw a meme <laughs> that said, that said, what's the scariest horror villain of all time? And it says me, an intellectual. And then it shows the presto change phone. It shows the little phone. Right. You're right, dude. It's so many memes. You're, it's you're evolved the, so much. The, the movie you're in. The movie you are in and your son is in is a touchstone in culture now. Like this is a right. This is a, it's a Fine thing, hero. and yeah, it's, it's not. A, oh yeah, it created its own, its own not niche, but its own uh, genre. Analog it's, horror. Right? It's a I pop. Think. It's is a pop. Fair? Well, analog horror existed slightly before Skin and Marine, but oh, I just Skin, never heard of it. But Skin and Marine is the okay. honing of this art. Skin and Marine is the big motion picture version. Of so you put it on the map. Yes, yes. So you're like you are the Friday the Thirteenth of slasher films. That's what you are. That's crazy. Yes, this film was made for minuscule nothing, and it it, it it's Blair Witch all over again. Like this, this yeah. can't happen again. They said, but it did, and you're part of what can't happen again. You are part of the impossible, man. This is the I impossible. Ross Paul, thank you so much for being on the nightclub. Like everything you've brought here has answered so many questions for me as someone who's been involved in this amazing film. I wish you nothing but success and luck, and I hope we stay in touch 
And also, please thank Lucas and Rylan for being such a great big brother. And and y'all all fucking going through this experience together. I think it's so magical and awesome. This movie's brutal and it's fucked me up. It's fucked me up deep. But I can't thank y'all enough for it, man. And thank you for being on my 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 little show that don't matter. Thank you. It, it, my pleasure, man. I had a great time. Uh, definitely will check in with you guys again. Uh, it was really nice meeting you, Brent, and it was nice meeting you, Travis. It's been a blast. I, I will talk again for sure. Everyone, this has been a fun blast. We're leaving Ross Paul, and uh, hopefully we're leaving behind Presto Changeo. Exacto. I'm from the great white north, right? Like up above the state? Yeah. The big landmass that the rest of the world hates? Fuck yeah. We're like above that. Fucking north, I guess. The big patch of trees where everybody's bored to death. We're just chilling up here, sipping syrup, playing hockey. Before we learn to walk, we can cross-check properly. Just rocking plaid jackets, chainsaws, we operate them right. Fucking A right we do, bud. We cut our weight in firewood every 20 minutes or so. Smoke break. And if the Leafs make the playoffs, I'll fucking jump in the lake. Fucking buddy comes over to my place the other night and he's like you want to go for a rip and i was like fucking right yeah so we hop in the truck and hit the mud and i was like oh fuck yeah bud just over rip are you bud just over rip
can we can we can we do that again? My 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 shit fell out. Sorry. Oh sure, <laughs> absolutely. I just, I just, I just, Get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the nightclub. <laughs> Not the first time we're gonna say that. <laughs> uh, 